Are you looking for licensing and placement opportunities? How is multimedia changing and how does that impact your outlook as an artist? That's what we're going to be looking at in this episode of the New Music Industry Podcast. All right, so today I'm passing the mic with head of music at Artlist, Ori Winokur. How are you today, Ori? Good, nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. So Artlist is a music library where media creators can go to find royalty-free music and sound effects for their video content. What's something we should know about Artlist and what makes it unique? Uh, wow, actually, there's a lot. Actually, first of all, today it's not just music, uh, it's music and footage and uh, like you said, sound effects, and we're growing our content divisions and basically providing more and more uh, content for content creators. Um, of course, today and in general, we'll focus about music. Music was the first catalog that Artlist launched and the main, I guess, core of the business and the biggest, also the biggest part of the operation at the moment in many ways. Um, I think what you can say about Artlist, what step makes it stand out, and Artlist, it's important to say, was like a fair, almost like a fairy tale story. It was a, it was profitable on the second week after its release um, because it really, I think, hit the spot uh, even before a lot of development happened. It was just a very good product at the right time. And if you kind of want to break it down, I think to the three main pillars, it's first a revolutionary uh, model for music licensing it was the first platform in the world to offer sync licensing for video under a subscription and not but under any kind of direct uh, licensing agreements mm. uh, in many ways very similar to what apple music and spotify did with music streaming which is basically a license to listen under a subscription so artists did a very similar model, but with video sync and the license is global. It's for any kind of video, very simple. You know, the end user pays once and doesn't have to deal with anything beyond that, which is for content, modern content creators was a big pain. I think, you know, handling each and every song that they use all the licensing part of it was, I guess, a nightmare for these people. So that's one main pillar. The second is really the quality of music because, um, Artlist was is built and all the music is sourced from uh, you know independent musicians, active musicians worldwide. Uh, we'll talk more in depth soon because we have two avenues of how we get music into our catalog, but it's all from real artists. And I think in many ways it, they hit the artist hit the right moment in time. You know when music for sync opened up because it's not background music anymore and not yeah. film scoring anymore. It's something totally different. Uh, and I think that my best way of describing what that is, is that artists is like a bridge between uh, independent musicians and independent video creators. Um, so that's kind of the essence of it. All the artists are on front. It feels a lot more like a music platform than any kind of music library uh, before, before that. It's not a, just a list. You know, you see the artist, you feel the music. It's really all very real and authentic and high quality. Uh, and the third, which is also very important, is that the entire platform and everything we do behind the scenes is basically built as a tool for the video creator to easily find what they're looking for. So there's a very smart search engine abilities, both in the front and in the back end. Some are visible, some are not. But 
there's a lot of recommendation systems that we're building as well. So it's really like a tool for video creators to get inspired for their soundtrack. And today, beyond that as well, because we also have a lot of great footage and so on. Uh, but I think those are the three main pillars that stand made Artly stand out so quickly. We're, I think, one of the fastest growing companies in Israel at the moment. And wow. In the, in the licensing industry as well. Uh, yeah, and like I said, we, I think it's a good opportunity to say that we really are expanding. And in the past year, we bought two companies. One is Motion Array, which is a marketplace for video creators. And the second is FX Home, which is a UK-based uh, video editing software company. So you can imagine that we're developing and building a lot of things for the future of content creators. Um, so it's, yeah, it's becoming an empire. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite compelling. And it sounds like there's a lot of new, exciting developments as well. I'm hearing in that. I jotted down a few things. This might not even be up today, but 820,000 unique digital assets, AI-powered recommendation feature, advanced search capabilities, like you mentioned. Those are really some of the standout things that I heard about Artlist. Yeah, absolutely. And also we work in, in music. We work with over a thousand artists worldwide. And we're also, I think, I, can, I cannot really provide the exact numbers, unfortunately, but... Uh, we are paying out, I think, one of the best paying out platforms for artists in the world today, which is something we're very, very proud about. We just finished our yearly royalty cycle, and it's astounding to see. I mean, our artists are so happy about this opportunity, and it's uh, for us, it's, you know, why we're doing this whole thing. So that's also great to point out. And obviously, I have some questions connected to that. But first... Well, I hear the stock music game is shifting fast. What is something you can tell us about where things are going now? It's a great question. I think, you know, there was, I guess, in the past five to seven years, a big shift that now I think people are really starting to realize or kind of, you know, becomes part of the music industry in many ways. Um, I remember when I started off with Artlist three years ago and I was talking to people even just in the local scene or in the music business in general, they kind of didn't understand what I'm talking about, how the future of micro licensing is going to become so important. And, you know, if you look what's happening in the past very few years, maybe just three years, you see how platforms like TikTok and YouTube, which are basically UGC video platforms, have more impact on the music industry than, I guess, even more than radio today. You can almost, right. yeah, I think you can say that for sure. If you look at the I think out of the 10 songs nominated for, for Grammys this year, seven of those were driven to become hits through TikTok. So, you know, what's the biggest influence on music industry? It's the video industry. And in many ways, also vice versa, by the way. And I think, you know, the way I looked at it recently, I remember that when I was a kid, everybody, there was this term that was always used, multimedia. It was like the new age of art is multimedia. And I think <laughs> you know, it's really happening that media is really connecting culturally and business-wise or like the actual ecosystem is connecting. And what we see with artists is that we see amazing organic traffic going through songs that we license on a subscription base. So they get used on many, many videos, UGC generated videos. So people just use it for videos that get uploaded. It's like another distribution arm for the music because these people have a lot of following and that following, if they like what they hear in their background, they shazam it and they reach the artist profile on Spotify, Apple Music, or whatever 
streaming service they use. So it's like a, we call it the magic circle or the art list effect uh, internally in the company, which is where we just see amazing organic traffic driving, driving naturally between the video and the audio digital domains. So I think that's in many ways, you, that's what you see and, you know, looking Again, I think I think uh, two years ago, and I was talking about it. People thought I'm nuts, but now it's kind of out there already. But if you're looking at VR, metaverse, augmented, all that stuff, you see that it's going to be even more because it's really going to be a one, you know, more more uh, altogether multimedia experience for the customer, and the same probably with the consumption and how to drive success of different parts of that experience, which music would be part of, I guess or I'm sure will will be. So it's all coming together and connected in both the artistic uh, side of things and the more, you know, business or, or monetization side of things. And another channel that came to mind for me was NFTs. You know, everybody's talking about NFTs right now. And we'll see where that goes, right? If I was a betting man, I would say that video still has more long-term uh, potential and NFTs have, uh, absolutely can develop into, into more. But I have a feeling that, yeah, what you, exactly what you said, that multimedia is so strong right now. That would be the now place to... Now it's coming to fruition and to, into reality. That's, that's how art is going to be consumed as a multimedia experience. Yeah. A singular media experience. And yeah, I think it's been building up for maybe over a decade now. And now it's really going to become the standard of what we consume and, you know, and how we consume it. So... Yeah, I really believe that. And, you know, artists listening to this might be interested in submitting their music to your library. Can anyone join or are you looking for a specific type of artist? Because you mentioned high quality music, right? So you're probably vetting it. Yeah, that's kind of, I guess, maybe we should have started off with that. But we're <laughs> very highly curated and it's part of, I guess, our secret. And I mean, when I said we have very high quality, of course, it comes from a lot of curation on our end as well. Yes. Um, basically, and this is also important to explain, we have two avenues uh, of music entering the artist catalog. Uh, one is what I established when I joined the company three years ago, which became to be Artist Original, which is our original arm of producing music. Very similar to how Netflix started off as a platform and then became also a, a, a film production or TV production company as well. And their original content uh, was very successful, at least at the beginning when they started off. I think now it's a bit of a drop, but so Artist Original, we aim to produce the best music for the catalog. Um, of course, we have a lot of benefits sitting on the back end of our own platform. So we know our users very well. And we do have a lot of things happening behind the scenes in terms of how we analyze and tag our music so we can have very smart conclusions to how and what to do. Uh, but I guess the real interesting thing is when, when I started building this, it was very small. And I was so surprised by the quality of the tracks we get, you know, and the variety and the, like we make basically almost any style and genre of music you can imagine, we're almost always hitting very high quality of both writing and producing and performing and performance of music. And I very quickly understood that I should create basically some sort of a record label model behind it. Mm. So Artist Original today operates as what you can call a modern version of a record label that is inside a high-tech company making music for a platform that gives license for video sync, but also delivers all the music to DSPs, 
also acts as a very active publisher to collect all the royalties for all those uses. And we have a very cool deal with our artists, which is basically like a very cool partnership. So it's like a win-win situation for both sides. Uh, I think all of our artists that we work with, they always say it's a great deal because it's kind of like combining the old school methods with the new school method. So when I when I was drafting all my ideas, I used to call it Motec Records because it's like Motown and tech. So mm. that's kind of how I envisioned it. And I think it really came together. Today, we're producing over a thousand songs a year with, again, artists from all over the world. And, are, and we see amazing organic success on the streaming platforms as well. Uh, we're also now aiming to grow this much more. And aside from this model with Artlist Original, where we are, are very picky with everything, but there we choose every artist we work with and we work with briefs and very, we have a full artistic uh, process happening there together with the artists. We also accept submissions from what we call external, external submissions from artists, which is basically open on our website. You can just click on the menu and find that page. It's called Become an Artist and just submit your music. And again, we're very, very highly curated there. I think we accept about 1% of uh, submissions. Uh, and there we pay royalties per use, which is similar to the streaming model, but with much higher rates. Um, yeah. Yeah, I can say hundreds of times higher um, because we're very picky. We have 21,000 songs to date on air. So it's like five years, 21,000 songs uh, on Spotify or on streaming platforms today. I think over 60,000 songs a day. So, you know, make the comparison. It's very highly curated and we make sure every song on the catalog is being used and noticed and it's there for a reason. It's not just there. So, um, yeah, I guess that in many ways, you know, it's what's missing in today's um, music industry is that in the amount of releases grew to something that was never seen before. Yeah. And the role of a and disappeared because the label models disappeared. And in many, I mean, we have an, a very active and, and also expanding a and department because we need it. And I think that's in many ways what's interesting here. It's like a revival of an, of an older school um, you know, structure of the music industry that's coming back to life in many ways, which for me was missing for many years. I've been a producer all my life. And I think I was mainly in the era where it was like the gold rush of indie and there was nobody supporting anything that artists did, at least, you know, in my scene yeah. and it was missing. So I think as a producer, I became an A&R person as well because I had no choice. You know, I mean, somebody had to do that role as well. So uh, to make make sure I produce successful records, it was also meant to be some sort of an A&R person as well. So I could definitely see that there's an opportunity for a new kind of label. That's part of the conversation in my world as well with some of my team members and some of my colleagues and, and acquaintances and things like that. And, and so I really love what you're up to there. And yeah, it's like A&R was not sustainable for a while because there was just no money for it, right? It's like, yeah, I mean, we already have our stable of artists. We're comfortable. We're going to add people if we think they have a great brand and image, but otherwise it's like, no, we're just not going to touch that. And then, you know, with technology, of course, came the rise of do-it-yourself and real indie yeah. artists and an empowerment of artists to really do it on their own. But there are still things that basically, you know, need some sort of some industry support or professional support. 
And I think A&R is definitely one of those things that we're very much missing or quality control in general. You know, if you think about it, if 60,000 songs are released today, sorry to say, but some of those are not so good, you know, for sure. Yes. It wouldn't be all, all gold, you know? So, uh, yeah. And if, if you think about it, the, the, you know, the older school of culture in general, it's same with film, same with almost everything. Uh, and I think our CEO just had a great uh, talk about this in a, a, an article published about it. Basically, what's happening is, you know, the end of the superstar model, because it used to be mm. very few artists with a very big investment behind them, both in film, both in almost every uh, cons- consumed art form. And today it's all open up, you know, because you can have it a 16-year-old TikToker, which is bigger than the biggest Hollywood star today in terms That's of right. both, both profits and, uh, and uh, yeah, and I mean, and, and following, you know, so it's same with music, I think, but it still needs some sort of direction and connection between the two ends, which is the, you know, the end user and the creator to make it work. And I think Artlist is a company that's right there in the in the right place in the middle to make it work and adding the the missing elements in both terms of in both tech terms and you know industry or more professional business side term or side of things so a big part of my mission has been empowering artists with new revenue models right so like you're a perfect guest to bring on to shed another shed light on another opportunity that artists might be able to take advantage of it's been something that i've been up to for years now and it's it's just amazing to me that there's still artists who go well streaming royalties aren't enough and i said but you have to re- recognize that there's just so many other amazing revenue models available and and streaming for most artists is just going to be like the cherry on top, not the cake. And so we have to really start thinking about the cake and put time and energy into that. Yeah, and I can also say that the bigger the cake, the more cherries on top as well. You That's know? So, right. Yeah, I love uh, that. And I really see that happening. And I've, I guess I was the same. I kind of came in, came into this uh, new age with artists coming from a very kind of almost underground indie local scene vibe kind of producer and musician always on the no money side of things um, yeah i think for me it was the same i was looking for how where can we break the barrier because for me like why shouldn't artists make money there's no reason for yeah. that you know? yeah and uh, that's like a big topic because i can go about many different uh, avenues of conversation here <laughs> but I think there's a few interesting thing happening here one we already discussed which is how the echo, the digital ecosystem is connect, connecting. So that immediately maximizes or even enhances opportunities because things can really connect. So if you get placed in a great YouTube video with you know 20 million views and it's enough that 100,000 people out of those 10 million liked the song. And, and today, remember also songs are some, sometimes very frontal part of the video. So it's almost like video clips or music video clips out there uh, being made. And same with TikTok, and it doesn't matter which you know for, format of video, it's it's a huge mechanism of exposure. And so if you're asking, most musicians are like you know not used to this new uh, revenue avenue. Would say no, but why should I micro license my songs for such a cheap rate? Or <laughs> you know, but and then and that's the kind of you know uh, switch you need to do in your mind that you yeah. can sit and wait for one big Netflix sync your entire life. There's about a 90% chance it would never happen. 
And when it does today, also the rates there are lower than they ever been. And, or you can find a way to use the internet model, you know, in the sharing model and create a lot of micro sync happening. And you get both paid more for sync and a lot more traffic your way because it's a lot of organic exposure for your music. So I guess that's one thing for sure. And the second is that in, you know, something, uh, I guess, for me, amazing that I see happening in the past few years is a reformation of how music copyrights are being handled in the digi- digital domain. Mm. Uh, you see it both in terms of tech developments that are finally kind of, you know, becoming what a lot of people imagined for many years, becoming really tools to be, you know, to empower people to collect all their data of uses, of placements, of plays, of streams, and really connect all the information together and and turn it into, you know, smart and active royalty collection because the basically, in you know, definitely publishing royalties are still being collected and managed in pretty old school methods. But tell me about in, it. In reality, there's ways already to handle it totally different in the help with the help of tech, mm. especially audio fingerprint and smart database management. Um, and I think also again in the past two years, you see a lot of startups startups starting to emerge, and combine all that with cryptocurrency and the ability to have immediate payments and data transfers and and so on. And I think you see how I think in a year or two it's all going to be different. Like an artist could deliver his song to multiple uses, multiple platforms and immediately receive all the information and collect back money for the uses and for all kinds of copyrights, not just for the direct kind of, you know, I used to sell my CD and take a cut out of that and then hope that I'll get all the rest of the plays from all, you know. So that really changes today. And I think it goes together because if the consumption ecosystem is connecting and, and getting bigger, and the methods of tracking and collecting that gets better, then there's a very big uh, opening there, you know, for for a change in how it works and how much money could be generated, mainly how much money can be collected back to the artist, because that's the main missing link. It's all being collected. Question where it goes. <laughs> you know, we had the founder of Tungo. I was just looking up his name because I was totally blanking on it. John Cole of Tungo on the podcast talking about some of this stuff that, you know, their music distribution platform isn't just about distribution anymore. They handle NFTs, they handle sync licensing and placements because they've built a curation and network, they handle promotion. And that's like the missing piece. You know, I still talk to musicians who are super frustrated over, I don't know which distribution service to use because they all don't really do much for me. Like there's not much customer support, there's not much hands-on, but we're going to be coming into an age where so much of it is automated and it can be spread far more quickly across more platforms. But you know what I also think, because you said it this way, and it's interesting that it's not going to become less do-it-yourself. It's going to become even more do-it-yourself, right. much, much smarter tools. So I think the new age of artists, you know, I think my people, like kind of my generation, we're right in the middle of it. So we saw how it used to be. You know, I used to print CDs, you know, duplicate CDs and write the titles on my own and send those demos out through mail and stuff. So that's like the total old school way. And yeah. I also was lucky enough to see a big, big change in, in the music world. And I think, you know, new new artists coming, you know, rising up today and up and coming today are going to have so much more power in their hands because of all this great tech and 
again, it's even more than tech, you know, because now you see legislation happening in the US and Europe that, you know, also changes a lot of things. Um, the US copyright law was all, the first time it was renewed five years ago, I believe, was last time it was renewed before that was in the age of actual just music notation. There wasn't even vinyls when that the first bill was made, you know, so... Uh, it is there is major change are major changes happening and it's now only coming into reality like slowly becoming part of a rea new reality of of music monetization and, and copyright collection so I definitely think it's going to change and nfts that you mentioned it's funny because nfts is I think it's a lot of hype because it's a lot of, of hype something that was all, all uh, is there for a long time and it's basically just all about authentication of data you know and information at the end of the day and i think it's still there still are a lot of missing links for it to become exactly something that really changes everything um i have a feeling you know going into vr and metaverse kind of experiences where you can have a much much closer circuit closer yeah like a closed circuit environment that's where nfts could become very very important because it could track and and split shares um with like 100 authentication if it's a secure and closed environment digital environment i mean of course and i think that's what's going to happen with web3 you know reading a little bit about it is that sec uh, security is going to work differently in the next level of internet, which everybody are starting to talk about. And it's not going to be all open like it is today in the same manner, you know? So once that happens, NFT would become very instrumental in helping maintaining copyrights and information. Yes. Matching that with, of course, musical assets or any kind of asset, basically. So It's something with immense potential. And like a lot of other things that are going on in the world right now, the political healthcare climate is so volatile that you don't know when you're going to be locked down again and not able to play gigs. And you don't know when you know, the government doesn't like decentralized currency. They want to create their own. That's where things are, are headed uh, unless we make some big changes in the world and, and make pushes for, for the things that really matter to us. And so, yeah, it's a very, very volatile thing right now. If anybody's like really winning at NFTs, let me know. That's great. You know, we're not here to put you down or anything. Yeah, NFTs are part of a very interesting way towards change. That's the way I see it. But uh, yeah, it might take another year and have it be totally retransformed before it becomes something more uncommon, basically like common use of how you handle these things of you know of digital distribution and collection of of asset royalties. I guess and I think really it's beyond music too. So. It's going to be beyond music when we get there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the blockchain is going to make it faster, period, you know. Sure, but it's still not in a consumption level where it can just work for everything and anybody. And it's also yeah. still not really secure because it's still digital uh, digital files you can always copy. So at the end of the <laughs> day, it's not really, you know, secured. The NFT is like a nice attachment that goes along with something that is still very vulnerable and still very open for piracy or uh, I think, I don't know if you saw it, but I think like a month ago, somebody opened up a Pirate Bay NFT for NFTs. Interesting. Proved how cracked it is because he uploaded tons of NFTs that were sold for like millions. They just, just replicated those and offered them for free on Pirate Bay. So that kind of, that, there you go, you know, 
it's still not a game changer. And if you look at music streaming, it took about 15 years, if I'm not mistaken, between the day Napster broke the old school record consumption world. So everybody stopped buying records and starting listening online. It took 15 years for it to become a business model of subscription for streaming. And if you look at what happened to the revenue between 15 years and, and when it started, it, it def- basically broke the record industry but almost to dust. So, you know, when people say now we're making a little bit of money from streaming, you should basically also be thankful because before streaming, there was nothing almost to be, no revenue to be collected from uh, recorded music for many years. Yeah. In many ways, you know, when people started, stopped buying records. So it's similar. It's going to some, some, at some point, uh, more tech and more developments are going to happen that it's going to become part of the normal way of how music is consumed and then nfts will or the technology of blockchain copyrights or contracts would become very a very important part of it for sure i'm pretty much the same mind as you yeah i think it has an opportunity to develop into something better than it is but i just you know it's kind of face palm for me when i hear musicians say oh i was on clubhouse today what did you learn about i'm so excited we learned about nfts and i'm like yeah, um, you're like yeah, the eight thousandth like person I've heard today say that. And here's what you need to know about NFTs. Yeah, it's like the current hype, but I think it's good because it's also you know at the end of the day, hypes. What they do is they bring things into the consciousness. Yeah, I think also the you know like the general consciousness. There's this individual. So slowly, I mean, so it also means more people are looking in and investigating. What the hell is going on with digital copyrights? You know, so that's also a good thing because it's going to yeah. you know, end up developing into to a solution or to a newer solution that's going to be better. So, it's, it's a, I'm blessing the hype. Although I think it's it's a definitely a blown up hype over NFTs <laughs> at the moment, but I'm blessed. I think it's a very important part of of the road to success in those terms. <laughs> Yeah, I like how you summarized that. One thing I wanted to touch on was Artlist Original, and it's something you kind of alluded to already, but you have over two decades of experience as a music producer. That's kind of a big deal. And, you know, you got this large-scale production house and full-service record label. It sounds like the perfect extension to your music library efforts. What's something you're excited about with your producing efforts right now? With our producing efforts? Yeah. Um, Wow, honestly, I think it's really... I guess the biggest, the thing I'm proud of the most, I guess, with everything I do at Artlist is that we really managed to build this, what I call it, creative infrastructure. So we built a way to work with very large scale of music production and maintain very high quality. I remember, you know, when I built the plan of how to scale up from something that was almost just local and, you know, with people I know to become something global and very, very large scale. My, I didn't sleep at night because I thought we we're going to lose quality. And I'm so surprised and humbled to see the opposite happening. Mm. And I, it's like we see the quality rising. We see more and more successful song. We just hear better music, you know, coming out of this uh, production house, as you described it. And I think for me, that's like the biggest, most exciting things and to, uh, to see and to see how our artist community with Artist Original is so happy doing this. It's like, in many ways, they feel like they, you know, won the lottery working with us, which is for me, that's what I wake up in the morning for, I guess, mm. and do everything 
around that to keep the artists making music, you know, and and succeed with their art. For 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 me, that's the main thing that everything revolves around at the end. So, yeah, and I jotted down some. Yeah, absolutely. I jotted down some notes here again, and these numbers might not be accurate anymore. You might have done more, but your label produced 700 songs by 150 plus artists worldwide. Like that's that's notable too. No, it's actually much bigger. I guess the time that it, uh, that the time that passed between the time we scheduled this, interview, <laughs> uh, no, today already it's uh, the scale is about a thousand songs a year, and we a have almost, songs. over 300 artists under our roster today. Amazing. For originals only, yeah, combined with uh, our, our external roster, it's over a thousand artists. So it's really like a large scale in the artist network, I guess you can say. And um, yeah, it's very cool. I'm humbled by your success and there's much to learn from it for everyone listening. Uh, so now we'll get into the speed round of questions. What was the last YouTube video you watched? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. The answer is going to be weird, but it's actually the last link I watched. Oh, you know what it was? Uh, sincerely, it was Artlist Live Radio because we just renewed it. We have we just launched a new live stream radio on YouTube. So that, that's the last link open on my desktop because I checked out the new playlist we launched there. So Awesome. What was... to check it out. It's totally open for listening and it's looping great music 24-7. <laughs> Terrific. Yeah, check it out. And what is your daily routine like? Oh, you don't want to hear about that. <laughs> is it pretty intense? <laughs> 16 it's hour days? Intense. First of all, I have three, three children. Uh, so oh, man. I wake, early, I wake up very early. I take my two boys to school. Um, most days I travel to the office. I live out of town and the office is in the central uh, Tel Aviv state, we call it, uh, central city of Israel. Uh, so I travel to the office and... My daily, um, it's hard to say I have a routine because we're in such growth mode at the moment that there's nothing that really, you know, happens twice almost. But um, I, I try to split my time between artistic development and management development. Or, and, and, you know, I see it as two sides of the same, same coin and we're busy doing so many things. It's hard to describe a routine, to be honest. Mm. It's more like how uh, how to do many things at once and make sure everything goes well. <laughs> Sounds like my life lately. Yeah. Are, th- are there any books that have helped you on your journey? Books, wow, a few. That's a great question. I, you know, just off the top of my head, more in the, I guess, music production side of things, I think Mixing With Your Mind is, is a book I love. I don't mm. know if you know it. Um, it's a book that for me was like, I felt like I'm reading my thoughts, you know, like that's how I kind of looked at things. And, uh, I loved it, how it's like a book that describes very, what's normally considered as very technical sound engineering work, uh, as something very philosophical and spiritual. And I think that's a great book that influenced me a lot. Uh, good question. There's one, I'm not sure how it's titled in English to be, sh- to be honest, um, mm-hmm. Wow, but there's a few. I think more than a book, also a lot of, you know, the recent series really influenced me recently. Like the Defined Ones for me was, I guess, a game changer in my life in many ways. Uh, Watching that story really, I guess, made me shift my thoughts as well. Yeah, but that's just off the top of my head. What's the greatest challenge you've overcome? Wow. I used to produce records for indie artists, you know, so there's Mm. many many big challenges to overcome I imagine. The, biggest, the biggest challenge I, wow that's a serious question man 
<laughs> biggest one? Wow, I'm not sure, you know. I mean, in many ways, I feel like challenges keep growing. As you grow, challenges keep growing with you, but you also become a little bit more experienced, so you handle them differently. So, I mean, it's really in the eye of the beholder, you know, things that for me were big challenges when I was a teenager today look like very simple stuff to handle. So, yeah, but I guess if, if to be honest, it's becoming a parent is the biggest challenge in life. Mm. For sure, you know, if uh, it's not part of the music talk here, but uh, yeah, that's, that's the biggest one for sure, I guess. Def- and then definitely combining that with a lot of aspirations in the, in the career side of things, that's a big, that's a big daily challenge, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's wisdom, I think. And what's the greatest victory you've experienced? Wow, well, I think I'm lucky to say I had many victories in my life. The biggest one, I think what we discussed is probably my biggest victory. I mean, coming into Artlist, I think I was so lucky to join the company at, at very early stages. And I'm very lucky that, you know, the founders gave me so much both freedom and direction and support to to build this thing and go and follow my dreams and which of course is becoming all of our dreams together but uh, i really feel that i was very much empowered by them and and i think what we managed to build in three years i think actually next week i'm three years at artlist so you know even just telling you all these stories and understanding it all happened in three years that's a very big victory i guess Uh, for me and for the company and I'm very happy about it and I think it made me also learn which something I feel you learn through life in general is that the the more ability you have to connect to other people the bigger things you can do and I think for me artist Mm -hmm. is the biggest human connection as well or professional connection I ever had it's like almost 300 employee big company you know and again, come, I used to have collaboration happening all the time, but with much smaller scale, all like in the in the art operations uh, in many in, in different levels. But it was always ten people tops. You know what I mean? So I could really see how connecting to more and more minds and people and spirits is has has a way of really what you call synergy becoming you know real. That is so good. Well, thanks for your time and generosity. Or is there anything else I should ask before we wrap up? No, you know, I can talk forever if you want. Zoom's going to kick us out soon, so we can't do that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, but I think, yeah, I, I maybe can just say to wrap it up that I honestly think, you know, we're in an absolutely incredible time to be alive. And, and in, you know, I think there, were, there was a decade for music, which was really rough. And I think it's really... Yes. Something is changing for the best, you know, and I think we're so lucky to be part of it and be witnessing also the change, you know, because nobody knows what's on the other side. Uh, and to be able to see the shift is, is for me, like, I feel like, you know, it's it's an honor and a privilege to be here and uh, and see it and be part of it in, 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 in many ways, I guess. And, and I think all musicians should understand this and, and, you know, help them motivate and keep doing their thing because... It's really getting better, you know? Yes. That's great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing today. Of course. So happy. Thank you for inviting me and have a good evening. You as well. 
The Unstarving Musician podcast hosted by Robunzo features interviews with independent music artists who share their experience and expertise on recording, touring, getting gigs, their creative process, marketing, and more. It's a podcast intended to help independent music artists better understand the marketing, business, and creative processes that empower us to do more of what we love, make music. Find it at unstarvingmusician.com and wherever you get your favorite audio. This has been episode 260 of the New Music Industry Podcast. I'm David Andrew Weeb, and I look forward to seeing you on the stages of the world. Thank you for listening. Music in this episode was brought to you by Brian Young. Wherever you're listening to this right now, please consider leaving a five-star review and comment to help us get the word out about the podcast. Thank you.